This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All right, we're live. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Uh, this is Faraz Siddiqui. I'm here with Zach Rizzuto. Uh, we're going to go over the Thursday night game. I'm sorry. Yes, it was Thursday, right? Yes, Thursday night game. Yeah. Uh, we're going to review that and all the fantasy implications coming out of that. Uh, we are going to re- review some injuries going into Friday practice, uh, and we'll look, kind of let you know our thoughts on guys that might miss this week or guys who we still have to kind of pay attention to, their practice status on Friday. And then we're going to go over our wide receiver rankings and our tight end rankings, uh, and we're going to try to fit all that in an hour, and I'm going to do my best to do that. Uh, well, do first of all, appreciate you guys joining. Um and Zach, uh, it was an interesting game yesterday, right? Uh, you yeah. Know, the, the, you know, the the over under I think was set at like fifty two or something like that. Mm-hmm. It didn't quite, you know, it wasn't quite the type of shootout that a lot of us thought might happen. Um, yeah. But you know, it was a solid game there, especially you know the the what seemed like some heroics right at the end of the game by uh, yeah. by Justin Herbert. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think it would have been more of a shootout had Herbert not thrown that pick. You know, I think it would that have was gone. a big one, man. I think it would have like so. Say Justin Herbert throws a touchdown there instead of a pick. You know, I think the offenses would have gone nuclear at that point. I think we would have seen both teams over thirty points. But you know, yeah, it, it didn't yeah. happen ultimately. So you know, we can cry about exactly. it. But 27-24, It's not bad. You know, that wasn't that. It wasn't bad. It could have been. It worse. wasn't bad. It, like the the final score ended up not being bad, right? Like it yeah. ended up almost almost hitting that, but. But there were a few highlights from yesterday's game. Uh, you know, Mike Williams, you know, he did what we hoped he would do, right, in the absence of Keenan Allen. Uh, that was good right. to see. Um, and let's just hit the elephant in the room, man, Austin Eckler, right? Yeah. You know, throughout the game, you see Eckler come off the field for Sony Michelle and Josh Kelly, right? But Eckler mm-hmm. ended up coming through for you in fantasy, especially if you're in a full PPR league, you know, on their last drive, basically. You know, it was like a two-minute type of situation with like 10 or 11 PPR points. You just in yeah. that, you know, few plays, a span of few plays that basically save your day when it came to Austin Eckler. And, and you know, he probably will end up as an RB1, PPR RB1 this week because of that. However, it didn't seem like it, right? right. Um, he the- still ended up with about 63% of the snaps. Um, he still led the team in targets with a 21, 25% target share thanks to that last drive. And he still ended up with 24 opportunities, which, you know, you can look at and you're like, oh, wow, I should be happy with that. But you were worried, right? And yeah. um, I think Definitely. you should be. But I want to hear more of your thoughts on that. Okay, so you say about the 24 opportunities, that's not even close to what it really was. That last drive, like you said, scored most of his points. And 
even then, I don't anticipate the Chargers being in many situations where it's just going to be dumping off Dawson Eckler at the end of the game. Like maybe against the Chiefs, you know, the Chiefs are a good team. But other than that, the Chargers are going to be either leading or in a very close game to the point where it's not going to be just, you know, move the ball down the field as quick as you can and try to score um, that way. The, the thing that bothered me the most with Austin Eckler was he didn't have the goal line role again, which was kind of upsetting. <laughs> not kind of upsetting, very upsetting. And I just said about that right before we got on the live that, you know, it, it doesn't look like he's in line for the workload that he had last season, which doesn't really make sense to me because, you know, we saw what he did with that workload last season. He scored 20 touchdowns. Um, you can Speaking talk of that goal line roll real quick. Just, just, just want to piggyback off what you're saying. Michelle yeah. ended up with two of the three goal line snaps in right. yesterday's game. Yeah. And Zonovan, not Zonovan, Xander Horvath. Is that his name? Yeah, I have no idea what that dude's name is. What is, is he man. doing catching a, a touchdown pass <laughs> from Justin Herbert two weeks in a row? Like two weeks that, in that, a row. That's Eckler's work right there. And you know, good for him. Good for Xander Horvath. You know, they said he's like the first. <laughs> Zach's like super happy for you. Super yeah, happy, happy for you. For you. But um, <laughs> yeah, what are you screwing Austin Eckler out of snaps for? Now, <laughs> it's just I, I wasn't very happy with Austin Eckler's performance. Um, I don't have many shares of him. I have him in one one league. Um, so I was all right, I guess, you know, I wasn't feeling the hurt, but you know, if I'm an Austin Eckler owner and I have more shares of him than I do, you know, I I'm upset because even though he did come through with 18 points, like it was a very narrow escape from what would have been just like another disappointment of a week. And yeah, for the price uh, that you drafted him at, that's just like not, not exactly. Good. And that's the pain that you might be feeling, right? Because of where you drafted him. And if you drafted his ass over Justin Jefferson or Cooper Cup, you're feeling like shit today. Yeah. Right. And, you know, there, there are two things that sucked uh, for Eckler, right? One is that Sonny Michelle ended up with two of the three goal line snaps. The other thing that sucked was Josh Kelly, for whatever reason, was on the field on four of their five. I think it was like they had five uh, passing down snaps on third down, and he, Josh Kelly was on the field for four of them. Yeah, you know, and he was on the field for you know, uh, Austin Eckler was the primary two minute back, but there were nine total two minute snaps, and Josh Kelly had three of them. Like, yeah. <laughs> that should be all Austin Eckler right there, you know. So, you know, I'm obviously starting him moving forward, but like you said, like his usage overall, uh, needs to be better to for you to get a return on what you paid in drafts. Like, I think him getting 24 opportunities, you know, saved your day, mm -hmm. uh, in this, in this game, but I'm, I'm, you really need his his volume to go up and him not being in a time show like this. And he needs like goal line work. That's the main thing. Obviously, you know, a lot of people were, and it makes sense to, to peg him for regression because he scored 20 touchdowns last year. But yeah. if he wasn't going to, uh, if, if he was going to maintain his goal line role, you know, you're not really worried about that because he's going to have that role in a great offense. But if Sony Michelle is going to be vulturing a lot of that, or even being the, becoming the primary guy, that's not great. That's no. not great. And All right. Just, just one more thing, you know, yep. you can't rely on 10 targets, you know, and, and like six or seven of which come at the end of the game, the yep. rest of the season. That's like Chase Edmonds type stuff. And it's funny because Chase Edmonds was supposed to be competing with Tony Michelle, not Austin Eckler. But <laughs> here we are. So uh, I, I'm just looking at it that way. I'm like, you know, it's it's such really, a good point. Actually, it's infuriating. <laughs> it is because like, you know, the, the, the Dolphins were basically like, nah, we're good. We have Chase Edmonds. You yeah. know, we're good. Bye, Sonny. And now the Chargers pick him up, and they're just taking snaps away from Austin Eckler. Eckler has a Chase Edmonds role. It's like, what the heck? <laughs> it's crazy, man. It's crazy. But 
Josh Palmer, uh, let's move on from Austin Eckler. It's making me yeah. upset. Jo- Josh Palmer, <laughs> you know, he ran the most routes uh, of any of these wide receivers. Uh, he had eight targets in this game. He ended up with only four catches. It could have been a much bigger day. Like the touchdown did save his fantasy value, just like Austin Eckler. You know, yeah. the, at the end of the game, uh, the touchdown saved his fantasy value at the end. But I think, I think he's a hold for now. Like if you have him on your roster. Uh, and you like kind of like you, you need wide receivers to potentially start, uh, you know, next week. Keenan Allen, you know, he might not be back next week, right? Because, you know, he has that hamstring injury. Who knows how long he'll be out for? Um, it's possible that he does miss another week. So, you know, just in case you need a wide receiver to play next week, I would hold uh, him as like a, a wide receiver three or a low end wide receiver three. That's kind of what I label him as. He could have had a much bigger day. It just didn't, he didn't, it didn't really come to fruition. Yeah. Uh, Gerald Everett. He had 10 targets in this game, uh, had a very solid day, 6 for 71. Uh, him, too, a lot of his stuff was saved at the end of the game. Uh, his underlying usage, it wasn't great. Uh, he ran a route on only 66% of dropbacks. Uh, he only needs a few more routes to kind of get to that 75 80% threshold. Um, but, you know, for me personally, after this game and after the good game that he had in week one, the touchdown that he had in week one, I think, you know, I liked Everett coming into the season as one of those yeah. guys who you can potentially, you know, stream and, you know, maybe he has some upside. But I think I'm going to be using him as some trade bait uh, after this game uh, to a team who either A, needs a tight end, right, and is struggling with like Cole Komet and these guys, or if you add him to a package to trade up at tight end, right? So you add, you have Jeffrey, you have Jeffrey, Jeff, you have Jeff. Gerald Everett plus, you know, some wide receiver three who's sitting on your bench uh, who, to a team who needs wide receivers uh, to upgrade to like a Dallas Goddard, right? Yeah. Or even upgrade to like a, I think even, even I'd rather have him over, I'd rather have like Zach Ertz over him. Even like a slight upgrade in terms of a guy that you know you can start every single week. I don't think Everett's there just yet. So a guy that I know I can start every single week, ever, you know, a guy like Zach Ertz is practicing in full now, he should be good, you know, something like that, right? And, and yeah. kind of trade up uh, just to kind of, use him and use what his value looks like right now because i think his production uh i think he's overproducing based on the type of usage that he's getting yeah i think that you know his solid performance last night could kind of be attributed to keenan allen being out but as long as you know the keenan allen's out and he might not be back next week we'll have to see um you know I, i think that i could happily rely on gerald everett especially if i just picked him up you know as a streamer at the back of the draft or even just through free agency you know i'd be happy relying on him because that would mean that maybe you don't have any other tight ends on your roster. If the other guys aren't really budging that have Zach Ertz, that have the Dallas Goddard, you know, if they're not budging yeah. in a trade, you know, you're going to be able to get by just fine, I think, with Gerald Everett. Um, I'm with you. Yeah, but you're right. Take advantage maybe and see what you can get. I think that if you can see if you yes. can move up, that's good. But if not, you're not screwed either because Gerald no, Everett, I don't think so. he's on a good offense with a good quarterback. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And, you know, like another concern that I have is Donald Parham coming back as well. Uh, he didn't play in these two games and maybe he cuts into it a little bit. However, for now, um, you know, if you can't if you can't trade up and Gerald Everett's your best bet right now, you're OK. Yeah. Like Zach saying. So <laughs> similar thing with CEH here. OK, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. You know, my man got open in the, you know, he got in the open field. Did you see that play? He yeah. The open field acting like he's never been there before. Like, I've never seen him like <laughs> it. He's just like, he got into the open field. He's like, oh my God, I better not fumble this ball. Like, it, it was so funny to watch. I'm like, dude, like, when was the last time we saw him in the open field? And even he was surprised himself. Yeah. He's like, wait, what? There's no no guys around me. He had um, that, are you talking about that play where he trucked? Was it, was it Derwin James that he trucked? I saw, like, he went, he put, it, a, he put somebody down on the ground. Was that on that long run? It was on a catch. 
I think it was. Oh, it was on a catch. Okay, no, yeah. no, no. I'm talking about I'm talking about the run that he had. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it was like towards the end of the game. They were kind of like running, trying to run the clock out. Uh, I saw that. I know what you're talking about. But I yeah, think yeah. this. I'm talking about that run that he had, like kind of up the middle. He broke a tackle. Oh, right, he right, just right. like ran um, <laughs> up the sideline, yeah. basically. Uh, I and like, it's, think for a second. It's like, <laughs> yeah, and it's like wow. Like I, I was surprised that like nobody caught him until they did because he didn't look too fast. But it, it right. was fun anyway. Uh, is enough. I mean, I don't want to shit on Ceh all all podcast long, but listen, like uh, like he's no slouch here, man. He had 118 total yards, mm-hmm. right? But he only ran the ball eight times. He caught the ball four times. He split snaps with McKinnon 50 50. Uh, McKinnon getting snaps at the goal line uh, and touchdowns. I, I am not <laughs> and touchdowns, right? I'm not buying this type of production. Like the same thing, the same way that Clyde Taylor scored, you know, in Week One mm-hmm. on, on that catch. Like McKinnon did the same thing in this game. So they're used interchangeably, right? Yeah. Um, I'm not buying that this production continues, this type of production. Like mm-hmm. two touchdown game in week one, a hundred scrimmage yard game in week two. I think the fantasy gods, they have allowed you, if you have Clyde Edwards Hilaire, allowed you to sell him like he's a sustainable, you know, high-end RB2 or or solid RB2. I just think that the type of volume that he's getting is com- going to be completely random. It just so yeah. happens that his good games ended up happening in the first two games of the season. So yeah. For me, if you can sell and get somebody who's like more reliable, right, or package him up with somebody to upgrade that running back, I think I would try to do that. It, listen, and if you like, and it always comes back to what Zach said before: if you can't do it, whatever you 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 make your start set decisions with Ceh as one of those options. Mm-hmm. But you know, ideally, what you want to try to continually to do is is take advantage of players when their their points are over what their expected points are pretty yeah. much so you know with Clyde Edwards Hilaire you know we talked about he wasn't just lo- he just wasn't looking good the first few years of his career and we know that's what he was for a while and he did that pretty consistently but now he's suddenly like this hyper efficient hyper productive running back even with like the volume that he's getting he had what 12 opportunities is that what it was he caught four passes like yeah it was good it was good performance for what he got but um I like you said you can't really rely on that week to week I think that you're absolutely right, hitting it nail, hitting the nail on the head. You know, sell Clyde Edwards Alaire high, and then maybe I don't know. You maybe you could go get somebody that's you know pretty high pedigree at the running back position. I don't know how much people are going to be buying into it. You know, it seems like the general consensus around Ceh is still that he's not. You know, this is kind of a, a facade here. But um, you know, if you've benefited from his production There's for a question. few weeks, good for you. Here's a question right here. Josh is asking, who would you rather have, Ceh or AJ Dillon? Go ahead. I'm going to go A.J. Dillon. I think I'm going to go A.J. Dillon, too. See, and here's the thing, right? Like, I think A.J. Dillon's, uh, AJ Dillon is likely going to have – so I think A.J. Dillon had, what, like 20 fantasy points, PPR fantasy points in I week one? I think it was one. 20 on the, on the dot, yeah. And then we'll see what he does week two. But it's possible that CEH, after two weeks, can have equal or or more fantasy points than A.J. Dillon through two weeks, right? Yeah. Um, and then you look at, you know, if, if Aaron Jones outscores – AJ Dillon heavily this week, which could ha- definitely happen. Like we've seen that a lot last week. I mean, last yeah. year, if that happens, then Hey, like you have an in here, right. To potentially do a one for one swap, uh, you know, and, and this could definitely work out. So, and this is, and I would do that. I'd rather have AJ Dillon because there is no world where CEH becomes a bell cow, right. On that offense, right. They're going to find somebody else to plug in no matter what, um, right. opposed to AJ Dillon. You know he is at his floor right now, right? And if 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 Aaron Jones were to ever get hurt, you got a, a RB one 
right there every single week, you know, on that offense. So, uh, so yeah, I'd rather have AJ Dillon. So that's the kind of, that's a good, that's a good question, Josh. I appreciate you giving us some context there, allowing us to give people context there. Right. Um, so just real quick, the last thing I want to talk about with this game is uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Terrible night from him. Um, yeah. It was a little bit of a tough matchup. You know, J.C. Jackson, Bryce Callahan in the slot, uh, but not great. Like, Juju is playing both in the slot and, the, and on the outside now. All three of his targets were against J.C. Jackson and Bryce Callahan. So a little bit of a tough matchup. You know, he had a good week in week one in a non-competitive game. So I'm not, I'm not hitting the panic button or anything like that on Juju. It was a terrible week. You hate to start your week two like this with Juju in the lineup. I did. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that he can bounce back next week. Yeah, with Juju, you know, you'd say he had a tough matchup against J.C. Jackson. But um, so did Justin Watson. And Justin Watson <laughs> came, in a, came in in relief. Yep, yep. He came in in relief of who was it? He came Michael in. Hardman. Yeah, Michael Hardman. And he just first play burns J.C. Jackson. Touchdown. Burns like, him, dude. Burns him. He, and not, not only does he burn him, he puts him in like a spin cycle. Like yeah, he, that's what He I'm just saying. makes him turn around and like, yeah, yeah it was bad. J.C. Jackson so, did not look good in that play. Yeah, you can chalk it up to, um, you know, J.C. Jackson being in coverage on Juju for a while. But um, I'm also looking at this game. And, you know, we knew that targets would kind of be like here and there for these receivers. This was actually an off fantasy night for the entire Chiefs offense, if you look at it. Like, the highest scorer, Patrick Mahomes, yes, he did have two touchdowns, but it just wasn't, you know, hyper-productive in any right. position. It's not like Travis Kelsey was, you know, dominating target share, or Justin Watson was dominating target share. It's like, everybody had a few targets, everybody had a few catches, like, you know, Jarek McKinnon and Justin Watson, the two guys that you don't really hear about, just happened to get the touchdowns this week. I'm not panicking on Juju Smith-Schuster, but it was definitely, you know, kind of a dud to open the week, and that's never how you want to yeah. open the week. But um, better weeks are ahead. It'll come around. It'll be Juju's time. One of these weeks, it'll happen. We just got to so. wait for it. I think so. I think so. Um, so a few practice updates before we get into the rankings. Uh, Zach Ertz, full practice for him on Thursday. And, you know, during this podcast, we might see some practice reports come in. So yeah. if you guys see any practice reports come in, just put them in DeAndre if you're here Swift. in the live. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Please. Uh, if you're in the live, by the way, and you hear some, you, you see some practice reports, throw it in the chat so we can see it. Um, I'll have that chat open to, to kind of take a look. Uh, but Zach Ertz had a full practice for him on Thursday. Expect him to play. Um, expect him to get a full complement of routes this week. You know, he didn't have that last week. Um, but, you know, he also was limited. And we kind of knew that he was going to be on a little bit of a snap count. Uh, Rondell Moore most likely out again this week as he's yet to practice. So Ertz can be in line for a big game um, unless Kyler just wants to continue to target Greg Dortch the entire time. Um, Steve, uh Steve Kaufman is saying that T. Higgins practiced. Um, I want to do you know if he practiced in full or still limited? If he's still limited, you know, we got to kind of just make sure that, you know, he's kind of through the protocol or not. But I, I'm sure we'll get some more news on that. Um, let's see. J.K. Dobbins, he practiced in full two days in a row. So it looks like he's going to play this week and make a season debut after tearing his ACL last year uh, before the season started. I think right. I'd play him as like a touchdown dependent flex option this week in his first game back. Um, you know, I don't want to like force him in my, into my lineup right now. Um, yeah. and I don't think you drafted him to, to, to do that. But, you know, if you need him, throw him in your flex. I'm cool with it. Yeah. James Robinson showed us that you can produce after a big injury. So, <laughs> we'll see yeah, James Ross was the only person ever to show that you can produce <laughs> after a, a torn Achilles. So. It is possible. It is possible. <laughs> it is, you're saying there's a chance. Uh, Michael Pittman, uh, he didn't practice on Thursday with a quad injury. Um, so have a backup ready in case he can't go. You know, I think what I'll, what I'll do is um, after this episode's over, 
you know, will be done in about, you know, 40 minutes or so. I'll look and see if there's any updates to the practice report, and I'll just give an update at the end of this. Uh, but yeah. also, I'll be updating throughout my uh, throughout the weekend and today, too, on my Instagram stories at Upper Hand Fantasy. So just keep that in mind. Anyway, that's a Michael Pittman. Um, you know, monitor his practice status on, you know, today. If he doesn't play, um, you know, I think Alec Pierce is also in the concussion protocol. He started the concussion protocol pretty late, uh, you know, not right in the game. So he might be out this week. So the guys that would benefit were Paris Campbell, uh, Ashton Doolin. Uh, we might even see Naheem Hines used more as well. So just keep that in mind if Michael Pittman and you need some desperate starts. Uh, George Kittle still not practicing as of Thursday. I don't expect him to play, but monitor his practice uh, on today. Like it's weird because with him, there's been many times where like he doesn't practice at all and then like all of a sudden it's like all right he's active he's active on sunday so just just monitor that if he plays then you know like who are you playing over george kittle you know um deandre swift he didn't practice on thursday but there is still some optimism that he plays this week hopefully he gets a practice in at least limited in today uh according to him though they're not Not worried about yeah they're not worried about him missing this game Najee harris is practicing in full um that gives you some sort of confidence to be able to play him this week i still have him as an rb2 so he'll likely be in lineups uh we talked about this in on wednesday in wednesday's podcast at length uh, i am worried about him um you know he might not get a full workload and you know we don't know what the injury is you know they, they're claiming that it was not the the list frank injury that 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 he messed up again um mm-hmm. so we just don't know what they were checking for right yeah. some some are claiming that you know the type of mechanism that it looked like on camera was on video was high ankle sprain but if he's practicing in full and like it probably isn't that so we'll see you know you know hopefully you know he'll be back and we don't have to worry about it too much um but i am a little bit uh, cautious on on Najee harris this week we got alvin kamara too he didn't practice on thursday uh, mark ingram is banged up as well so I'm, I'm not sure i'd be digging past these guys for a play against the bucks you know, even Ingram would be a risky flex option for me. He fumbled last week, didn't look great, um, and it's a tough defense, uh, a Russian defense. So, you know, and, and he's banged up. I'm not sure if I'm if I'm really confident in plugging in Ingram if Kamara does miss. What do you think right. about that? Um, I don't have anything wrong with going with Kamara. I'm just looking at the, you know, I, I was looking through the comments, and it looks like Herbert, some, somebody put in that Herbert's x-ray came back negative on his ribs. Good. I don't know if Good. you saw about that, but um, I was definitely – you know, kind of sweating that one a little bit. And that's good news to hear because he was actually wincing if you saw him last night. I was going to bring that oh, up. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. He yeah. was he was in pain. Like, and the fact that he threw that pass, who did? Who was it? Was it DeAndre Carter that wait, wait, they caught that ball like on the three-yard line or whatever it was? Yeah, it I was, think it was. Right? Dude, yeah. like the play right before that, he was wincing and, and couldn't even throw the ball like five yards to get it out of bounds on a throwaway. <laughs> Right, right, and and just like the next play, he he throws it like 35, 40 yards, de- thirty five yards down on a field. rope, on a rope too, on a yeah. rope to DeAndre Carter, <laughs> and they could have been a touchdown. So yeah. that would have been amazing. Uh, thank yeah, God he didn't because Josh Palmer got a touchdown. So um, sorry, I, I pulled away from your question. Remind me what that was again because I just, no, I no, just I was Herbert just saying that you know I, with Kamara not practicing, right? Like, mm-hmm. and if Ingram is good to go, like let's say he plays because he's banged up too. Mm-hmm. How confident would you be in putting in Ingram? Uh, if Kamara misses, uh, I, I I wouldn't feel too confident. You know, yeah, we saw him Tough. play last week. He's he's Dual getting old. He's been around the league. He's old. He's been in the yeah. Saints. He's been around the league, and now he's back to the Saints. You know, um, I think that the receivers, you know, if the if the Saints have to lean on the receivers, they will. They're not afraid to. If they have to pull yeah. away from the running backs, they will. 
And yeah. that could spell just a, a poor outing for the running backs. I don't think the offense is going to be hurt by it. You know, Jameis Winston, he's a gunslinger. Um, so, and he has good weapons. He has Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave, and um, Michael Thomas. There's no reason to think that they won't lean on them fully if they need to. Um, they can and they will. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, so with T. Higgins, you know, he got in a, a few limited practices in this week, including today. So, you know, we have to monitor him and to see if he gets cleared from the concussion protocol. He hasn't gotten cleared yet, but when he does, and if he does, plug him in your lineup. No, yeah. no issue there. Um, let's see. Anybody else? Uh, <laughs> these Bucks wide receivers. So we just talking about that game. They're all banged up, dude. Like it yeah. seems like Russell Gage out of all of them is the most healthy of the group. Uh, but none of Julio, Chris Godwin, you know, obviously who's, who'll be out for a couple of weeks uh, or Mike Evans practice on Thursday. So monitor their practice status uh, this week. Uh, I'll update you guys about, you know, all these guys on Instagram as well. Um, but yeah, that's all. Let's get right into these wide receiver rankings first. Um, and then we'll hit tight end. So I'm going to go ahead and share that real quick. Um, uh, you know, if we had a producer for this podcast, you know, the, the things will be a lot easier. So if you guys want to, you know, somebody out there, you know, wants to, you know, <laughs> wants, wants to do something, help us out a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Send me an email. Um, but yeah, so we got Justin Jefferson at number one here. Uh, no surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, but some people were surprised that I had Justin Jefferson number one all off season long. And yeah. I think we now understand why that was the case. And he's basically playing the Cooper cup role and is just a better player than Cooper cup. So that's why, that's why we had it like that. And that's why you saw what he did last week yeah. against the Packers. Uh, only one game, but I love what I'm seeing from him. He's playing all over the field um, and he's absolutely killing it. So I'm, I'm loving what I'm seeing there. Uh, you got Cooper Cup at number two, Devonte Adams at number three. Uh, this was one thing I was not expecting. You know, nothing changed here coming to Vegas. He yeah. brought his massive target share with him. 44% <laughs> target share last week, dude. Yeah. That was amazing. That's solely because of Derek Carr or excuse me sidecar yeah that's what I'm calling him <laughs> but um <laughs> but you know I, I kind of saw it coming I'm, I'm not saying that I was super high on Devonta Adams but as the offseason wore on I kind of you know warmed up to the idea that you know maybe this former college connection that they had would come out in the NFL I'm not saying it's the college connection that they had but um the target share is definitely there it looked college-esque you know just the hyper targeting it didn't matter what play it was or who the play was designed to Derek Carr would like even if Devonta Adams was, was supposed to be the third read um you know he was the first read for Derek Carr so <laughs> um I, I was very happy with that and I'm very confident now with Devonta Adams because he's just gonna keep getting those targets as long as he's healthy yeah man for sure uh we got Stefan Diggs at number four Jamar Chase at number five um I might put Jamar Chase over Stefan Diggs uh if T Higgins does end up missing this game um, yeah. so just keep that in mind. But uh what did I have here? So I have AJ Brown at number six after Jamar Chase, Michael Pittman at seven. Hopefully he plays, Mike Evans at eight. Um, hopefully he plays, and then you got Tyreek <laughs> Hill at nine and Marquise Brown at number ten. Um now AJ AJ Brown, he's all the way up at number six. He demanded close to a 40% target share last week. You know, I'm expecting that to continue. Not 40%, but he could get close to 30%, you know, on a weekly basis because he's that type of dude. Um, Tyreek Hill also demanded that target share with 39% of the targets himself with Jalen Waddle a distant second. So we'll see if that continues. Um, But I'm ranking Tyreek Hill now, um, you know, assuming that it does. Yeah. 
Definitely. Um, I'm looking at AJ Brown and Justin Jefferson, you know, one and six. That has the potential to be just a humongous game, fantasy wise. You know, this these these guys could be league winners, not league winners, but week winners. Um this week. And they're playing just like last week. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're playing the late game, right? Is it are, are they Monday night or are they Sunday night? I think they're Monday I think night. Think Sunday? Game. Oh, are they? Oh, that will be nice. I, I haven't I, think, I haven't even I haven't even yeah, seen I think, the schedule. Let me check. I, I think they're a Monday night game, which means you know you could be winning or losing your week because of these two guys. Um just a warning so you're not surprised when that happens. <laughs> but, um, you know, <laughs> that, this is going to be a humongous offensive matchup. You know, Vikings, Eagles, very good matchup. Um, potential to put up points like we thought uh, Chargers and Chiefs would last night. Not that they disappointed, but it just wasn't as high scoring. I, I'm looking at them, too, as potential to finish, you know, wide receiver one and two overall. Hundred percent, man. Uh, AJ Brown did his thing, and Steve in the chat here is saying that imagine w- when AJ Brown actually scores with that right. type of volume. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. absolutely, Steve. <laughs> yeah, absolutely so they, right about that. They are the eight thirty game. They're the last game of the week. So on Monday. Yep, Monday night. Oh, there's actually two games Monday night. It's a double. Is it really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Se- there's one at seven fifteen. That's the Bills and the Titans, and then oh, eight thirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So. Oh, so wait, so so which which game is starting later? The Eagles game, Eagles. What time is that game. starting? Eight thirty. Eight thirty. Oh, are they pl- they're playing it in parallel? So you kind of have to choose which game to watch. Yeah, kind of. You know, we maybe they'll put a... maybe they'll put red zone on. <laughs> Yo, that's what <laughs> I was just gonna say. Red zone for two games. That'll be that'll be kind of cool. Yeah. Um. All right. So I had Marquise Brown at number ten. I didn't necessarily want to rank Marquise Brown, uh, in the premier, you know, top ten after last week. But when yeah. you look at the wide receivers after him, you kind of get why. Uh, maybe Amon Ross St. Brown might be able to to t- take the spot over him, and maybe he should, to be honest with you. Um, but I still expect him to bounce back with a high target share. Um, it was just a terrible offensive outing for yeah. them in week one. Uh, he ran around on 95% of dropbacks, six targets. Uh, only Greg Dortch, of all people, had more than him. Uh, <laughs> I don't expect that to continue like as heavily as it was. I think Dortch will still be involved and be running a ton of routes while Ronda Moore's out. Um, yeah. You know, but what's really annoying about this offense, and I tweeted about this yesterday, Cliff Kingsbury is a fraud, dude. Like, he's a fraud. Like, in this day and age, if you're not moving around your star wide receivers, you're doing it wrong. No other coach does this, right? right. Especially the good ones. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, he runs every single route from the left perimeter. Not every single one, but like 80 85%, 90% of his routes from the left perimeter. Um, he could have like 30% more production in this offense with Kyler Murray if he simply just moved around, you know, and made defenses, you know, work harder to cover him right yeah. and but no he doesn't do that same thing with hollywood that's what he did he left them on the left side 80 on 80 percent of his routes you know what i'm saying like what are you doing like no other offense does this with their star wide receivers like it's super frustrating um yeah you know and they're simply just leaving production on the table and making it harder for their own offense and making it super easy for defenses to, to game plan against them yeah no i hear you um you know i think we were kind of hoping that um you know, the, the connection between Kyler Murray and Marquise Brown would kind of show up, you know, in this game, the last game. But obviously, like we said, it was a horrible offensive outing. I do think this is a much better matchup, you know, for the Cardinals this week. It's a much more winnable yeah. matchup. Not that the not that the Chiefs game wasn't winnable, but you knew early on that that wasn't going to go the Cardinals way. Um, this one has a much better chance to stay in hand, you know, be a competitive game. And Marquise Brown should be doing much better this week. Um, even though he, he had, what, six targets, you said, last week. That's middle of the pack it's not what you're hoping yeah. to see especially it, it was this still like a 20 percent target share right so it's not yeah. it wasn't terrible uh but you but, were hoping that would be around 25 percent. 
you're hoping it would be a lot more for me personally yeah. because you're missing DeAndre Hopkins, you're missing yes. Rondell Moore, and Zach Ertz was, you know, coming off the injury. Even though he was healthy and playing, you know, he he might have taken a little bit of time to get back into it. Um, but yeah, I, I was disappointed with his usage last week. It should go up this week. Um, if it doesn't go up this week, uh, I'd start worrying a little bit. <laughs> yeah, and then you're like, all right, well, I guess we need Hopkins back. Right? Yeah. Um, I, and and it's not because of Hollywood Brown. It's because of scheming. Like it, it would, I would literally put it to that because we know what type of player Hollywood Brown is. Yeah. Um, and it would be, it's, it's just, it would be a disgrace not to use him properly because he's a baller. You know, he's he's a legit uh, number one. He could be a number one wide receiver despite his size. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, T. Higgins at eleven. You know, I'm hoping he can get through the concussion protocol and play. I have Amon Ra, St. Brown at number twelve. Um, and this one might be like what? But listen, like the dude answered the question that we were all a- asking this offseason, right? Like, can you maintain your dominance when guys like T.J. Hawkinson is back? You know, DeAndre Swift is back. And even you added a guy like DJ Shark, who got eight targets himself last week. The right. answer was, yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, he did yeah. his thing. Again, 32% target share, 12 targets, five consecutive games of eight catches or more, and a touchdown. And that's tied for an NFL record. Um, he also has seven straight games of eight catches or more. And only five players in NFL history has done that. Um, and props to Mike Clay on that one. Got that from his tweet. Um, but yeah. he has seven straight games with 30% target share. So the dude is a, is a baller. He's now, he's now certified. You can put the stamp, you know, on Amara St. Brown as being certified baller, you know? Yeah. Um, and he's my wide receiver 12 this week. And I'm thinking about putting him at 10 uh, over Higgins and over Marquise Brown. It, I think that's fair, especially given the matchup that they have. Another NFC East opponent that was high scoring last week with a defense that gave up some points, you know? I think that I'm Amara St. Brown. You know, I, the question for me wasn't that whether – you know, could Amon St. Brown do that with TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift on the field? Is that was it going to carry over from last season? Was this like, you know, Rashad Penny had a great end of the season and he didn't look fantastic, um, you know, at the beginning of this season. Obviously, different circumstances, you know, we go from season to season. But Amon St. Brown picked up right where he left off, just like Devontae Adams did, just like Justin Jefferson did, you know. And that's promising because that shows consistency and reliability each week. And now you have him, you can rank him actually as a low end wide receiver, wide receiver one, high end wide receiver two, um, as long as, you know, things are a negative game script in Detroit, which it should be for. Yeah. You know, and and it's a good, it's a good overall lesson, I think, with Amara because it's like, you know, when guys are maintaining like a 30% target share over like that type of sample size, and it might seem small, but the fact that he was able to produce on that. He's playing the same role as he is as he was last year. When that happens, you know, most receivers don't take advantage of those type of opportunities when guys like TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift are out. Yeah. Most guys just like do almost the same thing they were doing before, maybe a little bit of extra production. But the stuff that he was doing is was on a different level. And when you command that type of target share, you're usually that type of player. Um, and that's why we were making the type of bets that we were. That's why we were relatively high on him, you know, coming into this season. Um, because of that fact, right? Um, So, you know, we shouldn't have been worried that much about Amara St. Brown. And if you got him where you got him, you got yourself a damn steal. Definitely. And then I have C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb, yeah. I'm just saying. Your your boy. (laughs) I do have him at 13. And and this, I think, might be a little surprising. Uh, It might be too high for some people. But, you know, we spoke about this yesterday. And I think we might be overreacting. And you mentioned that, too that we might be overreacting a little bit with CeeDee Lamb, right? So 
Um, last week, I think I have had him at like wide receiver five or wide five. receiver six, yeah, wide receiver five. five, right? So, you know, he does get a downgrade, but I still think he gets like a massive target share. Um, and, and I think Cooper Rush, you know, he was able to get Amari Cooper and CD Lamb to have big days when he had his start last year. So, uh, you know, I don't want to overdo it with CD. I think he'll still be in my lineup for sure. I think so. And, you know, the whole Cowboys offense was out of sorts. If if the Cowboys just even find their feet on offense, you know, if they score two touchdowns, you know, CD Lamb should easily account for one of them. Um, the whole offense, like I said, the offense was completely out of whack. If they just find their feet and get some sort of production, CD Lamb's going to have a much better week than he did last week. Um, two catches on 11 targets for what was it, 19 yards? It's just it's a disgusting performance. Not something you want to see, but I think that. If things get even just slightly better, CD Lamb will be all right. I think that 13 is a good spot to have him ranked because his upside is now capped. You know, unless I, I, I think you, I think I, I think you missed my product placement here. I think, I think you missed it, Zach. <laughs> Very nice. You, you were, you were looking at the screen there. I was not but, looking at the screen there. Yeah. Very nice. And um, but it's funny because I just realized something. Like if I'm going to do a product placement, you should have the and, handle. And I'm drinking like this. Yeah. I should probably have it on this side. Well, hold it, lefty. <laughs> That's super awkward. Like I yeah, can't do anything, and also the the mic is in the way too. Like I can't like you know. That's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. And then you're not but sure it, if it, it, it if you're gonna even get the sip in your mouth. It's just gonna be, that's know. true. Did you see me yesterday? I, I don't no, know if, I didn't like, see my, that. I was hoping Scott, like who edits the videos, I was hoping that he would um he would catch it, um, but he didn't. He did catch it one time before, but I for <laughs> I for some reason like I'm when I'm looking at the camera. Like I can't drink anything. So, but anyway, yeah, see, uh, I got I'm plain, sorry, man. Plain, you 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 were yeah. talking about something about fantasy football, I think. Yeah, something like that. But no, I got a plain white background. I got no mugs or anything. You know, nothing that he can get me with. So so far, I'm I'm clear. He's, he's not getting me for anything yet. Yeah, man. So this might oh, no, crap, this might be too I, easy I, to green screen. It's true. Well, it's not green. So if it was yeah, green, yeah, then yeah. It, it would. Yeah, you you you'd be in trouble for sure. Um, sorry for everyone who's listening. Like whoever's listening and not watching on YouTube, like they have no idea what's going on right now. But it's yeah. all good though. Uh, we got <laughs> comment merch is fire. Someone comments merch is fire. Merch that's is what fire. we're talking about. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Merch is Appreciate fire. Shop.upperhandfantasy.com. Go check it out. Go check it out. All right. Anyway, um, Brandon Cooks. I have him at number fourteen. Uh, Michael Thomas at fifteen. Uh, after showing that he's healthy, I moved him up way. I moved him up a lot. It seemed like yeah. Um, but he ran a full complement of routes. He scored those touchdowns. Um, and as you mentioned last week, you know, showing that he and Jameis Winston might have a little bit of rapport Definitely. and have some trust, you know, based on those back shoulder throws that you brought up that, mm-hmm. that he made in the end zone. Yeah, definitely. Um, I like Mike Thomas a lot more. You said you moved him up a lot. He's You had him, I think, as a fringe wide receiver, too. Like, just yeah. outside, he was like 26, was it? And now oh he's, up, God, he's a right. fringe wide receiver, one, solid wide receiver, two play. Yeah. And I think we're still... You know, he has a potential to still be on the climb, you know, yeah, to where he's him. going to settle as far as, you know, his production. I think that, you know, if you draft a Michael Thomas, things are looking good. As long as he stays healthy, um, I think you got yourself a steal. And Brandon Cooks, you know, I was a big Brandon Cooks guy this offseason. And so far, so good. He's doing exactly what I expected, you know, just putting in a solid outing. If he does it again, awesome. I'm expecting that, you know. Um, I think the Texans offense is going to start to gel more and be even more you know, conducive to production for him. Um, you know, if Brandon Cooks could grab one of those touchdowns that OJ Howard got for some reason, you know, I, I think he's going to be in really good shape. 14 is good. He's got a, he's got a good matchup. I figure the Texans, you figure the Texans will be in a negative game script. Um, we also said that about the Seahawks, so we'll see um, against Denver. But, you know, Brandon Cooks, solid play every week as long as he's healthy. Yes, sir. 
Yes, sir. Um, after that, I have uh, Debo at 16. Uh, I had Juju at 17. Uh, that one didn't work out. Um, <laughs> my, my that's like a, it's like an Allen Robinson situation. You know what I'm saying? It was, man. It, 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 seriously, dude. Like, Allen Robinson's situation came to fruition. But, you know, where I had Juju ranked in week one, I mean, I think that worked out pretty well. Yeah. Um, but in week two, you know, I did move him up a little bit because I had some confidence in this game as potential shootout. Uh, didn't work out. And I had Michael Williams at 18. Imagine, imagine someone looked at my rankings and they were like, Hey, like, who should I start between Juju and Mike Williams? Uh, oh boy, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, oof. Um, and I, I guess I can start to defend myself here, but I'm not going to because it would just sound dumb the entire yeah. time. Uh, so yeah, I hope you didn't. Hindsight is 2020, people. Yeah, <laughs> it is. In in this case, it's like even clearer than that. Yeah, uh, but uh, uh, I have I have Corden Sutton at number 19. Uh, I have Julio at 20. I'm hoping that Julio can suit up and play because with Godwin out. For sure, if Julio can play, I think he'll be a solid wide receiver too with wide receiver one upside. Um, but you might be wondering why I have Sutton above Judy uh, when it was Judy who had the bigger game. Um, you know, both of them had seven targets last week, but it was Sutton who had the higher weighted opportunity. Uh, his target share combined with his air yard share of 44%. And by the way, that air yard share was eighth highest among all wide receivers last week uh, compared to Judy's 26%. That's why I lean Sutton. Um, yeah. You know, Judy got the touchdown last week um, on on that opportunity. That was great. You know, we're all hoping that continues. Uh, but if I'm going to play one over the other, it'll be Sutton. Um, also, yeah. he has the better matchup this week against against the rookie Derek Stingley. He's still a rookie. Okay, uh, mm-hmm. Stephen Nelson on the outside compared to Judy, who has to go up against Desmond King. So a little bit of a tougher matchup for Judy. Right. Um, Stingley isn't a chump. You know, I, I don't. I think that. You know, he's a rookie. I don't think that he's going to be like, you know, someone that's going to be exploited like some guys like Trayvon Diggs. But, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Julio Jones, I, 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 I kind of think Julio Jones is a little bit high on this ranking. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I'd ask you to elaborate more. I just I, sure. I feel like Julio Jones, he's he was looking kind of like a gadget player besides that one deep pass. They actually handed him the ball a couple of times. It was it was weird. It was weird usage that I haven't seen Julio Jones do, and I feel like it was weird enough that having him ranked at twenty is a little bit uh, generous. I feel like, especially when you have guys like Jalen Waddle behind him, um, Terry McLaurin, DJ Moore. But yeah, I mean, Julio was a full time player. I mean, he only ran one less route than Mike Evans last week. Um, you know, he had nineteen percent target share. You know, only and the only person who had more target share than him was Mike Evans. So, you know, he was in a situation where he was getting his targets, he was getting his opportunities, and he was being targeted down the field. Um, so, so yeah. And if if Chris Godwin is out, you know, Chris Godwin himself, you know, had three targets. So, you know, he's going to have to rely on Mike Evans and Julio Jones. So yeah. because of that, with Tom Brady at the helm, you know, who can potentially have, you know, two, three, but, you know, four guys, you know, fantasy relevant in the same game in terms of receiving, um, I think Julio Jones kind of gets up there. Um, be, because of that, because of that opportunity, and you know what, Julio Jones didn't look bad in that game. You know, he no. he was he was getting banged up every single time he caught the ball. Uh, but at the same time, you know, the fact that he was able to separate deep, you know, catch that ball from Tom. Tom's looking for him. That's pretty yeah. much why I would start him. You know, as a wide receiver too. Uh, if Godwin misses, I mean, I, we know that Godwin's missing, and if Julio Jones is healthy, you know, we'll see how healthy he is. You know, if he practices today or not. Um, but yeah, no, I think he's gonna get a ton of opportunity without Godwin there. Right. That, that's fair. Yeah, that's my thing. You know, we've seen Julio Jones banged up so many times and hearing that he's showing up on injury report, that kind of thing, or not practicing is yeah. um 
it, it's just a little unnerving. You know, he's he's not young. He's not a young buck. He's uh, he, he's nope. a seasoned vet. So we'll we'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I, I hear your concern there. I think that's a, that's a very valid concern, honestly, because you know he's not someone that we could, we could depend on, you know, over the last couple of seasons. So you know, you might not be able to depend on him like all year long, but I think in the short term, while Godwin is out, I think, I think Julio is, is definitely, I think he should be in lineups. Yeah. Um, and especially, you know, it's like I look at, I think of how you know Brady used guys like Gronk, right, near the end zone. I think Julio is going to be that guy for Brady. And we, I wouldn't be surprised if he has like a two touchdown game, you know, in, in, in without guys like Godwin, without guys like Gronk, you know, in the lineup, you mm-hmm. know, especially when, you know, it's probably going to be, I'm, I'm assuming this week it's going to be Gage, Julio and Mike Evans. We don't even know Mike Evans is going to play because he hasn't practiced yet either. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to check that practice report on, on the Bucks as soon as usually those practice reports on the Bucks because since they're on the East coast, they come out pretty soon. Um, yeah. so hopefully we should have that shortly. Yeah. No, um, Julio, yeah. I feel like his range of outcomes is like, you know, two catches and eight catches and a touchdown. You know, the ceiling floor is just like <laughs> so high and so Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's no, it, for sure. I agree with you. I agree with you. I'm, I'm chasing the ceiling. <laughs> yeah. No doubt about it. Um, okay. So who do we have here? So like, so we, we talked about that. Let's move on to um, 21, wide receivers 21 through 30. And we'll kind of speed up a little bit because we're a little bit short on time, but that's okay. Um, I have DJ Moore at 21, and obviously we're, we're looking – we have DJ Moore, um, you know, in the 20s, two, two weeks in a row um, yeah. here, which might be a little bit low. But I don't know if I can start him over the guys previously mentioned. Would you start him over Julio? I would personally. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, can see I just told you why I didn't want to start Julio. Um, but, yeah, I, I would well, start I see DJ that. Moore pretty pretty easily, especially with I the Giants. You know, the Giants. It, it, they're an interesting team. I think that's a good matchup for DJ Moore. Um, Baker Mayfield is going to have a set, another week, you know, kind of got the butterflies out. Now it's time. To, it's go time. You got a good matchup against the Giants. You know, I think that DJ Moore could show up here big. But yeah, I said that I, last week, too. No. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I see it. I see it. Um, I, and hopefully his target share bounces back to being number one as opposed to Robbie Anderson, uh, right. you know, for everyone who does have DJ Moore. Uh, I have Terry McLaurin at number 22. Uh, Allen Robinson, I moved him down a bit. Um, he should still be in lineups. He's at number 23. I think he has a good matchup this week. Um, Atlanta didn't really do well against New Orleans wide receivers last week. They gave up the second most fantasy points to wide receivers uh, against New Orleans, um, and they were not good on the perimeter either. I think they gave up the ninth most points to fantasy to, to, to those Saints wide receivers on the perimeter last week, and Michael Thomas had a lot to do with that. Um All right. But uh, yeah, I had Jalen Waddle number twenty four, Deontay at twenty five, Gabriel Davis at twenty six, uh, Elijah Moore twenty seven. Uh, new entry into the, like the top sixty, Curtis yeah. Samuel at number twenty eight, uh, Jerry Judy at twenty nine, and Christian Kirk at thirty. Yeah, Any of Gabriel these stand Davis. Out to you? Yeah, Gabriel Davis. You know, I feel like we're just gonna keep ranking him here at the high end wide receiver <laughs> three, low end wide receiver two, yeah. and you know he catches a touchdown suddenly he's wide receiver one. That's right. He he has so many different outcomes, you know. I think it's hilarious because we're just gonna keep ranking him in this same range. And I think so. I think that's I think that's appropriate, but I also think that he could start floating up towards the higher end twenties, maybe even low teens. No, well, you know, low teens as in like 18, 19, that kind of thing. Um he could kind of move up, I think, because you know, I'm a big Gabriel Davis guy. I think and, so. I, I, I think it could move up, but his target share is gonna have to go up. You know, that's yeah. the only thing. He was target was under 20%. It was 18%. I'm sorry. No, it wasn't even at 18. It was at 16% last 
last week, five targets. Uh, you know, he got that deep ball that definitely helped him, and then the touchdown definitely helped him. So, you know, yeah. he, he and and you know that's how he's going to score a lot of his fantasy points. Uh, but just keep in mind that that's that might be who he is. Um, but we'll see. You know, hopefully that target share kind of increases as we go on, and then if that does, then we'll definitely move him up to like more of a solid wide receiver too, yeah, instead of that- a low end. That's kind of how I look at it. I think it's funny because we keep begging him. He's like, oh, you know, his target share isn't there. But, you know, the targets that he does get, they're so high quality. They're like it's true. end zone targets. They're red zone targets. They're deep it, It's kind of like um, like Adam Thielen, right? Yeah. Like Adam Thielen is like he might not get the target share, but he he's one of those guys that Kirk Cousins looks for in the end zone every, every single game. Right. It, they're such high quality targets, and they're from Josh Allen of all quarterbacks. So it's like, yeah. you know, you hate to rank him this low. You know, I think we might get some flack. I might give some flack for this but um you know i think that you know he doesn't maybe he drops a a deep pass drops a touchdown and suddenly you're staring at seven or eight points a week you know um yeah it's hard to keep him out of out of your lineup though because he is the number two wide receiver for josh allen yeah i'm not i'm not putting him out of my lineup ever unless he's injured especially are you you starting him over deontay johnson Jalen waddle allen robinson um I think over Robinson and Johnson, maybe not Waddle. Right. We'll see. But, um, you know, Gabriel Davis, big fan. You know, I wouldn't ever start him. I wouldn't ever not start him because, like, if you're not starting him at wide receiver one or two or three, depending on your league, you're, you're putting him in your flex. I would put him at flex, you know. Yep. I hear you there. All right. Let's move on to tight ends real quick. Um, I obviously have Travis Kelsey at number one. He didn't have the best game in the world, but it is what it is. You're going to start him at wide receiver one, you know, regardless. Um, Let's see. Uh, I have uh, Mark Andrews at number two, Kyle Pitts at number three. Mark Andrews, by the way, uh, had an amazing day in terms of utilization. Um, If you, I mean, he didn't have like the best day in the stat, in the, in the stat sheet. However, uh, if you looked at what he did and I'll pull it up right now, Mark Andrews, 91%, uh, route participation rate which is which was much higher than Rashad Bateman <laughs> by the way yeah uh, I have Rashad Bateman a little bit low this week because he'll be matched up with Xavier Howard and on top of that uh, he didn't run a route on like three quarters of the dropbacks which is weird for a number one wide receiver um, especially yeah. on a low volume passing offense you you know but Mark Andrews though 91 percent 25 percent target share you know, seven targets. That is, it's going to look pretty good for him, honestly. Um, and and that's legit. And that's why I moved him back to number two. Uh, then you have Kyle Pitts, uh, and then I have Darren Waller at number four, followed by Dallas Goddard, Dalton Schultz, T.J. Hawkinson, Zach Ertz, Pat Frymuth, and I did have Gerald Everett at ten. So that worked out. Yeah. Um, and these all these rankings are done before Thursday Night Football, obviously, because I wouldn't have Juju where he was. Uh, Definitely, yeah. <laughs> <but> <laughs> I, I think uh, there's a chance. Goddard, you know, overtakes Waller at some point. I think it's possible. We talked about this the other day. Um, yeah. I'm just a big fan of him and his talent. Uh, we'll see how how you know these two do over the next couple of games. But you know, what do you think of Dalton Schultz? He has to see some volume from Cooper Rush, right? Like he yeah. ran around on 93% of dropbacks last week, which is ridiculous for a tight end. Yeah, no, I, I like Dalton Schultz, and it's not just because I'm a Cowboys fan. You know, he's a quarterback friendly tight end, you know. He kind of, it's really weird because he's much younger than Jason Witten, but he kind of reminds me of Jason Witten because he just catches it and sits down. You know, he's not going to do much for you after the catch, but he'll catch an intermediate route, you know, a 13-yard pass like five times in a game, and he'll get you 10, 11 points easy. And if it just happens to get a touchdown, you know, you have the upside to be a really 
pretty good tight end. And I think six is a good spot for him because he has a floor that's consistent and slight upside. It's not obviously not Dallas Goddard upside or Darren Waller, but it's definitely better than um, TJ Hawkinson, that kind of thing. TJ Hawkinson has the upside, but not much floor. So I hear that. That's kind of he's the middle ground between Goddard and Hawkinson. Um, so Fryermuth, he got an upgrade into the top 10, right? Yeah. Because uh, he ran a route on 75% of dropbacks. He got nine targets last week. Very, very solid usage. Um, and he's a bit underrated right now. Nice little cheap buy if you need a tight end. And yeah. if you look at the weighted opportunity from week one among all tight ends, guess who was number one? Pat Frymouth. Pat Frymouth, man. Um, you know, the combination of target share and air yards was the best of any tight end in week one, 80% route participation. So if this continues, you're looking at an every week tight end one. Potential potential breakout candidate here, despite him being on that, you know, not so great Steelers offense. It can happen still. Yeah, definitely. And then, you know, just one thing, you know, you mentioned Dallas Goddard possibly overtaking Darren Waller. Um, I think that's absolutely in the cards because Darren Waller's contending with Mr. Devontae Adams. And, you know, Devontae yep. Adams is going to have a massive target share. And Darren Waller used to be the guy that, you know, we'd say we'd peg to demand target share, you know, get those targets. And now he's kind of, you know, second in command when it comes to that. So, yeah, I don't want to say Darren Waller's ranked high, but I think he could easily be overtaken by Dallas Goddard. Or even, depending on how Cooper Rush plays, you know, Dalton Schultz, in terms of just week-to-week value, you know, because Darren Waller, he's he he was actually pretty inconsistent last year. Yeah, and he was, you know, he did have that injury that he was kind of dealing with the entire year. You were hoping that that it could change this year, and I think it can. You know, I don't know if if uh, Devonta Adams is going to get close to fifty percent target share every week. Uh, it could be could be more around thirty percent in most weeks. So Darren Waller could get his. There's still some room for that. Um, also, Renfro was kind of locked up, you know, in that game. Yeah. Um, so you know, things can change a little bit, and we'll see how that works out. But Good for Devante, and we'll see what happens, you know, with Darren Waller. But I do want to, you know, he's obviously going to be in my lineup. All these guys are, you know, the guys in the top five, top six, top seven, they're going to be in your lineup for sure. Yeah. Um, I have Albert O at number eleven. Uh, his usage was solid. Uh, we talked about this on Tuesday. I think he's a low end ten and one right now. Uh, Dawson Knox at twelve. Uh, we need more targets from him. Uh, for him, you know, David and Njoku too. He was terrible last week. Uh, but the time, you know, the last time that Njoku had this type of route participation, which is which is pretty good, you know, it, it is what we expected. He did get the f- close to full route participation, but he needs more targets. The, yeah. the last time he did have the route participation, uh, several years ago, it, he did finish as a tight end one. So he can do it again. You know, he just needs to bounce back and uh, get some targets on the routes that he is running. Yeah. Um, I, I know a lot of people had questions about him. Uh, also, Hunter Henry, I have my number 14 ahead of Cole Komet here. He ran a route on 85% of dropbacks last week. Um, you know, only two targets, but something to pay attention to. We saw what he did in the red zone last year. And New England's offense didn't look good last year, uh, last week. So, no. you know, if they bounce back a little bit, they do a little bit better. We know that, you know, Hunter Henry was being looked for in the red zone a ton. Uh, the problem that I had with Hunter Henry last year was that he didn't have the participation. He was running around 60%. But he was looked for in the end zone, so it was really hard to like, yeah. you know, figure out how to rank him. But if he's gonna have, if he's gonna run like this, and I think they ran a lot of twelve personnel in this game, but if he's gonna do something like this, you know, if he continues this, then he could be a potential, uh, you know, every week tenant one. But you know, obviously, one week sample size, we'll see how that how, how that continues. Yeah, he's a sleeper for me. <laughs> I, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't call him every week tenant one, but you know, no, it could happen. He's definitely not that right now. Um, right. But you know, if this 
Kappa usage continues and he starts getting the targets on those routes, like it could happen. Cole Komet, a little disappointing there. 70% of dropbacks. Um, that's less than what we want. So not ideal on a bad offense. Um, you know, you want that to be up near, you know, 80%, 85% if you're going to expect some some a good production out of that offense. Um, I had Tyler Hippie at 16. Um, I think he had like 10 targets last week. Yeah. So And he has a high route participation, but that could go down. I don't trust him that much. Uh, Juwan Johnson here at number 17, he ran around on 80% of dropbacks, got four targets last week. He looks to be the primary receiving tight end in New Orleans. Uh, and we know the history that Jameis has had with tight ends in the past. So that's, he's someone to keep an eye on uh, in yeah. New Orleans. So, somebody that, you know, really under the radar right now. Someone to pay attention to. I don't know if I'm putting it in my lineup, but just pay attention. Um, we got Cameron Brait, you know, with all these wide receiver injuries in Tampa. You know, 75% yeah. route participation for him. If a bunch of these, if, if like Julio ends up being out too, like you might want to move Cameron Braid up a little bit, you know, close to like that low end tight end one spot, you know, like 12, 13, um, because he could potentially just get in a touchdown or two for you from Tom Brady. Definitely. Um, and then we have Tyler Conklin to round it out at number 20. Uh, he's a little bit banged up. So just, you know, if you're in like a weird tight end premium league where you're actually thinking about starting these guys, um, you know, this is for you. But 81% route participation for him on the Jets. So that's legit. Uh, keep, you know, that's something, you know, between him, uh, you know, if it, it depends, you know, if the other tight ends get healthy. But for now, something to pay attention to, you know, let's see what each of these guys can get, you know, in terms of opportunity, you know, produce with the routes that they are getting. So mm-hmm. I can't wait to see, you know, which of these guys like in this range, 11 through 20, uh, can come through with their routes uh, this week. I think the best bet for me, I'd say, is Cole Komet. Much better weather. I think we're going to see actual Komet. You know, I think that the, the Bears offense is going to be, yeah, I think they're probably going to be in a negative script. I don't know if the, you know, the Packers look bad, but I just don't anticipate the Packers being bad all season. You know, if the Bears are playing from behind, you know, that could easily become a high target, high volume situation for Cole Komet um of that I'm just saying of all these guys here on this side of the list obviously the top 10 you much rather have but yeah I hope so I hope so (laughs) um you know it it was a little bit disappointing because I thought he would be more of a full-time player and I'm hoping that you know this week that you know he runs a lot more routes than he did last week because otherwise you know he he needs to have a ridiculous target share on a per route basis for him to kind of come through uh to be somewhat somewhat startable but, but yeah, that's all we had, guys. Um, we appreciate you um, tuning in. Uh, make sure that, you know, if you haven't signed up for Underdog Fantasy yet, I think it's a great opportunity for you to do so. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people won some money last night playing Underdog Fantasy and, and, and uh, choosing your picks and trying to multiply your money. So uh, if you use code UPPERHAND, uh, you, get, uh, you, you get to double your deposit all the way up to $100. So uh, the, the link is right here in the description. It's also in the podcast description. So, so make sure to check out Underdog. And, uh, yeah, and that'll do it for us, guys. Um, we'll be back on Monday. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the games. Uh, we'll see you live on Sunday on Instagram between the hours of, like, 11 and, you know, until kickoff, basically. That's when we'll be live on Instagram. So uh, at Upper Hand Fantasy, if you don't follow us there already. All right. All right, Zach. Have a good weekend, man. Yeah, um, you too. We'll 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 be back on Monday guys. Take it easy. See ya.